This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Ms. <laughs> Claudia Wells. Yay! This is the new Zoom thing. Uh, Have you like, seen it? It's like jazz hands, right? Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, that's true. Now, what is going on? You were just telling me that you are a morning person and you get up really I've early. I've become a morning person lately and I just absolutely adore it. And it's, it's funny because my cat is usually my alarm, two feet. And it used to be 7.30, like clockwork, no pun intended. And then I started to so get up earlier. My um, great friend gets up at like four in the morning every day. She's 99 and a half. And I thought there's got to be something to it. So I've been getting up now at like four, 4.35 and absolutely adoring it. I am, first of all, right there with you. I am now, I mean, I've been... Four o'clock is, is my ideal, but it hasn't been happening. Like today, I think I woke up at 5.30 and I was like in a complete panic. Like, oh my God, I overslept. Like, this is how sick I am. But I'm not a night person. Like if I'm out, I could stay out till 4 a.m. Don't get me wrong. Right. But if I'm, I'm home, I like to go to bed early. And isn't being up in the morning before everyone, like I have my first cup of coffee usually like at 4.15 in the morning. It's great. I absolutely adore it. And, and I mean, I, go, I cook, I clean. I, I make things, I, I redecorate. It's just, I take a long, leisurely tub. It's just heaven. You get so much done. And same thing. So like, much done. I usually prepare like work stuff. And then I'm like, I, and then I go to the gym, which is in my building in New York at like 7 a.m. So by 8 oh, a.m., I'm like, perfect. It is. We're going to start working out with a trainer three times a week. We were texting yesterday. So we're finally going to start doing it. Where are you? Are you in LA or am I making that up? I'm in LA. So what's going on? So you're going to, are you, are your gyms open? Like you're going to go to a gym no, or it's uh, like Zoom? Now that it's ridiculous. I mean, they're open 10% uh, capacity, but I don't know who can afford to keep a gym open with 10% clientele. He owned a gym uh, right by my store in Studio City for years and he closed it down during COVID. And now he's turned his Airbnb this behind his house into a full on gym, added another whole room and it's beautiful. And he's, he's just as busy as he's always been. Wow. Cause people are probably yeah. so happy to have somewhere to go, you know? I know. And he's fa- and he's two minutes door to door from my parking lot. Wow. Literally. So you should go like at the crack of, I'm telling you working out in the morning is like, cause you know what, then it's like, to me, if nothing else happens and everything falls apart for the day, I'm like, this is my accomplishment. And you know, that's great. I like that. I like that. But then like at night, I'll have friends call me at like nine 30 or 10 o'clock and I'll be like, uh, this is not the time to talk. Like I'm like, I'm shot. I have to go to bed. Right. I've been going to sleep at like eight 39 at night. I mean, this is like a whole new me and a whole new schedule and routine. And I'm absolutely loving it. I love it. What else have you been up to? What else have you been doing in quarantine? Um, um, my cats are very happy to have mommy around a lot. I have three babies 
uh, Goldie Oreo and Tufi. And it. I've been doing a lot of cooking, like big, huge pots of vegetable stew and, and lentils. And I redid, I'm reorganizing my whole place where I live. Uh, I'm reorganizing my store. Uh, was it yesterday? No, the day before yesterday, I completely redid the front of my store. I mean, totally redid the entire thing all by myself. Really? So much fun. Yeah, I'm becoming this. I have an assistant who's a professional organizer, and she's rubbing off on me. She's That's, literally rubbing off on me. I have to get one of those. And I want to talk all about your store, too. But starting at the beginning, where are you from originally? We'll, we'll, we'll come Francisco. to your store. I'm a San Franciscan. Oh. Wow. I was born in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, but only until I was about six, seven weeks old. And then um, grew up in San Francisco. Let me see if I can. Yeah, you look, so you're like a Cali girl through and through. Yeah, oh, I'm a, yeah, I'm a San Franciscan at heart. And I, I'm proud, proud, proud of that. A fourth generation Californian. And um, my family, almost all of them still live in San Francisco or Marin County. Um, I moved here when I was 14 to be an actress. I'd already done a lot of acting and opera and singing in San Francisco and modeling commercials. Um, but I moved here specifically to be a professional actress on a higher level. So like there was nothing else, you know, like I always ask actors and actresses this, like it was just always acting. Like it was never it. like I might nothing. be a doctor or nope. drive uh, a bus or be an actor. A princess was a possibility. Well, like a real princess. Not That's like a good one. A, and a nursery school teacher was really? a thought. Yeah. But acting was my number one. And in high school, at uh, one point, um, I was taking typing class for like a week. And my mother said, that's very good that you're doing typing. You need to always have a career to fall back on if the acting doesn't work or you don't find a good marriage. So you can always be a secretary. <gasps> I quit. I quit typing the next day. And I still don't know how to type. I was like, no, no, no. I don't want to have a fallback. Nothing. You're like, <laughs> this is it. That's it. How? So it was, for, what happens with your parents? Like, I always say this, like, I'm like, you know, a nice Jewish girl. My parents, when I, I mean, I used to practice law. My parents were like, okay, you can, box A is lawyer. Box B is doctor. Box C is college is not being paid for. Good luck. So yeah. what how does it work at 14? Like you tell your parents goodbye. I'm going to LA. No. Um, I was with my parents divorced when I was a baby. So it was always with my mom. Me too. And, my parents divorced when I was young. Oh, interesting. And, um, my father is, I come from a very collegiate, uh, collegiate, I guess, background. My dad's a college professor and researcher for tropical diseases and, um, PhDs and all this stuff so I was just the odd bird out I was a really good student at school but all I wanted to do was be an actress and, and college meant nothing to me because I already had a career and I talked my mom into moving to LA and she picked up her life and I figured it was between eighth and ninth grade anyway which was a huge break of education in San Francisco you stop your elementary school and go to high school and um <laughs> I talked her into it. Wow. I know. It's crazy. When I think when my son was 14, I would look at him and think I would never move cities if my kid just tried to talk me into it. I'm like, are you kidding me? But she did. Wow. Yeah. And then what happens when you got to LA? Like, did you start working right away? Did you we just start going at, on auditions? Um, 
we stay at my mom's best friend's uh, boyfriend's um, condo in Westwood, and we started interviewing agents. And I didn't realize that agents interview you. And I thought we choose what agent we want based on how well they do in our interview. <laughs> so we would go into these huge agencies, like adult agencies, and I'd sit there, interview them. Well, to find out, you know, if they were right for me. <laughs> wow. And then were you like, okay, I'll take that one. And were they ever like, yeah, oh, they sweetie. all wanted me. Oh, and they my did. Mom oh, good. And we did the whole whining and dining without the whining part. And my mom and I chose who we thought was best. And that was that. And then I started auditioning. And within a year, I had my first pilot. And that was it. I started working all the time. Wow. And what was your first pilot? It was obvious. It was something. This wasn't the same time as Back to the Future, which we'll get into, right? Or was that this pilot? Oh, no, no. It was way okay. before. That's like what I um, thought. In fact, it was funny because every time I got a new agent, I did this in San Francisco. I had like this thing about me. I wanted to always get the first part they sent me out for just to prove my worth. And so I was pretty good at doing that. It was just all like, uh. um, my first pilot was with Jane Meadows, who's Audrey Meadows' sister from um, Honeymooners. Jane okay. Meadows is the sister and Art Matrano. And it was directed by Bill Persky, who ended up directing all the Kate and Allies, which was super popular in the uh, 80s. I There's someone Kate. painting behind you. Did you know that? Oh, I do know that. Yes. Today is just, you know, there's a person behind you walking. I do live alone, but today is my day to get my apartment cleaned. Yes. And I was just like, I'm not rescheduling this because we need to chat. Absolutely not. No. So, um, uh, it was a, it was a school, like a boarding school type show. And we did the pilot. Bill Persky directed it. I had my first kiss, screen kiss and tiny little peck. And it never sold, but it always, I, when I did pilots, they were guaranteed to be on air. Like now pilots, it's hit or miss if they even get on air. Right. So I did like, I did about six pilots and four TV series during those years. So wait, so back then, like if you did a pilot, what? Like it wasn't guaranteed to get pick, picked up though. It was guaranteed to be on air, but it wasn't guaranteed to get picked up. So oh, uh, wow. three of the show pilots I did got picked up for series and then three of the pilots I did, did not. So like the actual pilot, I didn't know this the actual like first episode would be on air, like ABC, CBS, somewhere. ABC, CBS. Oh, wow. I never worked for NBC. It was always ABC or CBS. So did you like early on, you know, were you one of those? Cause like you said, you wanted to get every part. Were you one of those like, oh wait, this isn't getting picked up. Like, did you deal with the rejection easy? No, you I know? didn't care. I thought it was fine because it meant I got to play other roles. I really loved playing different characters. So if it sold, yay. And if it didn't sell, then that meant I could play a bunch of different characters because I, I did a lot of episodics and school break specials and movies of the week. And I played a vast amount of different types of people. And I loved that. So you never went through that like rejection Oh, if I didn't get a part I wanted, I went through masses of heartache. Yeah. Because um, I would get so close to so many parts um, where you go to the network. So that means it's you and one other girl, maybe two other girls, usually just one. Or when you screen test for a movie and it's down to you and one or two other girls. And it got down to me and one or two other girls for a lot. I've heard so, so many stories like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to tell people if you can't handle rejection don't be an actor because you're going to get rejected more than you're not yeah 
I think that's good advice. Yeah. Were any of these pilots or series like anyone that we would know, you know what I mean? Like, were you in a pilot with, I don't know, whoever, you know, like someone that now we're like, oh my God, that's George Clooney. You know, he used to be. Oh, totally. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. Well, Herbie the Love Bug, everyone knows because it was Dean Jones. It was a TV series version of his movies. But in terms of your question, I did um, Fast Times, which was based on the movie Fast Times Ridgemont High. And I played the Linda Barrett character, which was the Phoebe Cates role. And it got picked, we got picked up after two days of shooting the pilot, which is really unusual. But it was Amy Heckerling who did this, oh. the movie and, and Neil Israel. And it was just a really great, and Ray Walston was in it. And Vincent Schiavelli, the science teacher from the movie was in it. So check this out. Courtney Thornsmith played uh, Stacy, And I think it was her first series. She'd already done a movie with Charlie Sheen. She ended up doing Kate Nat, um, no, Ali McBeal. And Melrose Place. Melrose Place, Step by, was she Melrose Place? Yeah, she was Allison from Melrose Place. Oh yeah. Yeah, Courtney Thorne Smith, yes. No, I'll bet you a million dollars. I will bet you $10 million. I'll bet you a dollar. I got to look it up. Because, um, <laughs> now I, you're I, like, wait a second. He's no, she was Allison. Billy and Allison. There was Josie Bissett. Oh no. you <gasps> Mellor's. Right. Yeah. You're right. Mellor's. Listen, I'm you're obsessed. Right. There's certain, I'm, you don't have to give me $10 million. You can are give you me a sure? dollar. No, I think you're right. You are right. Yeah. And no, was, I'm, I'm like a hundred percent sure. Like for and real. And that was, um, and, and Billy was Elizabeth shoes. Andrew shoes. Andrew yes. shoes. Okay, so that's Courtney Thornsmith, who is Stacy. Now, listen to this. Damone was Patrick. I Dempsey. usually don't argue unless, like, I am Melrose Place is like I, I oh. bow down to the house of Melrose. No, no, Place. I get. I only, I am. I tell my customers I'm only bossy when I'm right. Yeah, I'm like, so, no, that not was a hard. problem. I don't Patrick, take that as argue. I take that as a you're just like me. You believe it's just me. Melrose was one of the best shows that's ever existed. I loved it. I loved it. So, so um, Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, he ended up being Doctor McDreamy. Oh, yes. Big, huge. Um, Wally Ward is, uh, became Wallace Ingham or something, and he's the star forever on one of those NCIS shows. He played the, or plays the sometimes scientist guy. Okay. And he was a guest star who became a regular because he was so great. And then... Um, I mean, the thing is, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if there's one thing I've learned, there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless services starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, okay, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense to me. There isn't one. Mint Mobile is the first company to sell wireless services online only. It's a brilliant idea. I don't know why no one has thought of this before. So by cutting out retail brick and mortar stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that they have to pay that get passed down to you. They're able to save all of that. And the only thing that they pass down to you is great savings. That's right. The plans start at just $15 a month. 
I'm using it. It's great. And of course, it comes with unlimited talk and text, high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And don't freak out yet. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and you keep your same phone number. So for everyone looking to get in touch with me, I have the same phone number since switching to Mint Mobile. And if you're not 100% satisfied, they have a seven-day money-back guarantee. This has changed my life. It starts at 15 bucks a month. So to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. That's mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. And you will cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. If you want to stop paying exorbitant amount and only want to pay 15 bucks a month, mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. That's it. 15 bucks a month. I think those are the guys who hit it famous, famous, famous. Oh, um, Moon Unit Zappa was already famous. She was a, um, a reality consultant. Yes. Who became a character called Barbara. I love it. She so had that, that, that Valley Girl hit for a minute. It was called Valley Girl. There was that song. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Oh, I, did, I did Martin Sheen's directorial debut, Babies Having Babies. That was uh, me and Renee Estevez, Martin's daughter. I think it was her first part. And Akuswa Busia, who was Nettie in The Color Purple. Lori Laughlin, before she did uh, Family House. Full, full House. Full House. And Fuller um, House. And um, Jill Whalen, Vicky from Love Boat. And oh, yes. We love so her. That kind of, yeah. That is, that is, that's, those are all good people. Yeah. Did you do, because I mean, you were there with your mother. Did you have that, like, you know, as you were auditioning, like, did you go through that, like, starving artist? Like, let me wait tables. Let me have every odd job possible. Or you were just literally going. No, because I was in high school. And uh, when I didn't work, my mother was a temporary paralegal. So um, I basically was the bread earner. And there was pressure sometimes to get a part so that we could pay bills. But uh, I tried not to get into that. No, I actually was a waitress after I was famous for a, a minute to see what it was like. I figured I'm an actress. I can act with this. Really? Yeah. I was, a, a, um, I was visiting my sister and she was in college and I decided to stay, just stay a while and see what real life is like. And um, I got a job as a waitress at a fifties diner and I filled out the application and it said previous employment. And I wrote, Universal Studios, ABC, uh, CBS, and it said salary, and I wrote upon request. <laughs> That's so And I funny. got to be a soda jerkette. So I would get so into like making a banana split, it would be sent back because I forgot the bananas. Or, I mean, it was, I didn't last very long, but I had so much fun. And I was just trying out a different style of life. And then you're just like, okay, maybe this is not for me and it's time to get back to. And I went back to LA. So how did Back to the Future come about for you? Like, did you get a call from your agent? Did you hear about it? Like, tell me how all of this started. Um, I, I, as, as always, I got a call from my agent to audition. I got a, um, I was at that point, and for years at that point, I'd pretty much be brought in. Uh, they call you brought in for the producer-director uh, uh, audition. So they 
already gone through the, you know, seeing everyone, the casting director's already narrowed it down to her favorite five or 10. You go to see the producer director and then it goes down, down, down till it's two of you. And um, they gave me the scene that Leah Thompson does with Michael in the car where she's smoking and drinking in the 50s. That was my audition scene. Wow. Yeah. So I practiced it with my acting teacher and I practiced it with my best friend, um, Patrick Laberto. He's an actor. He starred in JAG and a bunch okay. of other things. So he was, he was, we were all best friends. We were like the little rat pack. And then I went in and when I walked in, everyone was there. So Steven Spielberg, Bob Zemeckis, Bob Gale, Neil Canton, uh, Frank Kennedy, Frank Marshall, Kathleen Kennedy, um, Judy Taylor, the casting, Fenton Feinberg casting, and the cameraman, and this guy who was on his 11th callback for Marty. Wow. Yeah, and I was in there like two hours, and, and Stephen and I talked the whole time. He kicked out the cameraman because he said no one can, he can't have a camera there without him being behind it. So cameraman had to go, Stephen went behind the camera, and we did the scene a billion times. And um, he was asking me all these personal questions. And I kept saying, if I tell you the answer to this, you have to promise you're not gonna tell my mom. And I meant it. And I'd say, you gotta promise eye to eye. And he'd go, I promise, Claudia. And I would tell him. And then uh, I kind of forgot everyone else was in the room because pretty much the whole time it was Steven talking to me. He, he didn't really even talk to the guy on his 11th callback. And that was my only audition for Back to the Future. I got the part, one audition. Wow. When you walked in the room, were you just like, holy shit, there's Steven Spielberg? No, you know what's weird about me? Um, I don't know if I'm still like that, but at the time I loved auditioning because, which is really unusual. Yeah. Um, but I love meeting new people. So, and I was raised to be really polite. So I would walk in and I thought it was cool that it was him, but I went to every single person, shook hands, looked them in the eye. Hello, how do you do? Nice to see you again, including Steven. And I was so accustomed to being with very well-known people from childhood because I grew up in the opera with Placido Domingo and Luciano Pavarotti and the people I I hung with were world-renowned. So when I started in the acting world, I'm not easily impressed. Like I don't go gaga over people. I just look at them as humans. And so I just really enjoyed how nice he was. And I loved how curious he was about me. And then at the very end, he says, I'm so sorry, Claudia. I forgot this whole thing has been filmed, but I won't show it to anybody (laughs) because I had said all these personal things. Wow. Are you still the type that like, have you ever, I mean, I guess after Steven Spielberg, I don't know where you go from there, but like, you're just not, you've never been starstruck. Like you're just not that type. Or, and if, if not, like, oh, is there someone that if you, you met know them? Who, yeah, I was starstruck when I was hired to dress Roger Moore from, um, because I, I'm a store owner. Yeah. And I boycotted um, um, 007 James Bond after he wasn't in it anymore. I literally boycotted. It was a personal decision. Really? And You're I, like, I'm just not going to see these movies that's anymore. It. No, I'm, I'm, I'm refusing. And I still have stuck to that since I was how old? And I said to him, Mr. Moore, I boycott uh, your your movie after you stop doing it because I think you're the only James Bond. And he said, as you should, my darling. <laughs> 
That's that. That's a good one. That was a good one. So, but other than him, um, no. I mean, I have famous people in and out of my store all the time. I don't get starstruck because I look into someone's soul when I look at them. I don't look into their career. I mean, I have customers that I don't even know what they do for a living, and I've been dressing them for 10 years, 20 years, because that's kind of like a um, not something I think about unless I want to guess. Like sometimes I want to look at someone and I go, you're a writer, aren't you? How'd you know? I don't know. I love guessing. So if it if it's not me just having fun guessing, I usually don't really ask someone what they do, unless it's pertinent to what they're buying. I get it. I think you know, having done this show now for quite a while, I'm the same way. Like I don't really get starstruck. You know, like there's certain. I mean, I'm yeah. I don't really get starstruck. You know, there's just certain people in the business that you're like wow, like, like a JLo, like, I don't know how you do all that. Like, I'm just impressed, like with your actual job. Yeah. I I could never, you know, how do you do A, B, C, D, and E, but that's not really starstruck. But then like, there's one or two that I would just be like, oh my God, but I'm kind of the same way. You're like, when you speak to people, you're like, everyone is a human being. We're all people. I get, I've gotten, um, I'll get, if you could say starstruck from like brainiacs, like NASA people. Or yeah, inventors, but not or, even starstruck, just in awe. Or like to me, it's like doctors. Like you go into a doctor nowadays, like you get these operations. I mean, not even had, but and you're like, it's astounding. Yeah, you're like, how'd you do all that? I mean, I you could, I could never do that. You could pay me to ten million dollars, and I would not like that. To me, is just I don't understand how you could. Okay, so I'm starstruck by my dad. I'm starstruck with him. There's not a, a, a plant he doesn't know. There's not a bird in the sky he doesn't know. There's not a, a parasite he couldn't tell you the name of. The words he uses are so big and so long. He could say a word to me like 30 times about the name of a parasite or something. And I still, I don't know that I would know how to say it. He's like a brainiac. He's, he's a, yes. So um, he, I'm starstruck by him. I'll literally Google him just to find out more. Wow. Yeah. He yeah. was the Dr. Fauci in 1972 for the World Health Organization. I didn't know that until I Googled him like a month ago. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, listen, anyone that's like has super smart and you're just like, I don't understand half of what you're saying is really impressive. It's fun. It is. So after this, when you were the only one in, you know, when Stephen was just talking to you, like, did you, were you like, okay, I nailed that? Or could you tell? Or were you, I mean. No, I, I, I had a callback for a commercial that afternoon, which I was nervous about. I wasn't nervous about the movie. I was nervous about the commercial because they always used to say I was too classic looking for commercials. I didn't have that commercial look so when I got a call back on a commercial to me that was like a huge big deal because I didn't like I could I kind of always presumed when I auditioned for something it would get down to me and a couple girls because it just always did um but commercials I it was hard for me to get a commercial so I so I stopped thinking about it when I was moving on to my next thing I just thought that was so much fun I had such a good time and they were so nice. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. 
Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Who, who, just like you said twice now, like it always gets down to you and a few, which I've heard many times, like, is there anything prior to Back to the Future that where it got down to you and a few and it's like, oh yeah, that show was on for 10 years or that movie was a huge hit. Anything oh like that? yeah, it got to me and, um, and Phoebe Cates and Elizabeth Shue for Adventures in Babysitting. It got to me and one other girl for Young Sherlock Holmes, Gremlins. Was down to me and one other girl. Which was, I it think, was Phoebe Cates. I never found out. Didn't Phoebe Cates. Huh? Yeah. Wasn't Phoebe Cates Gremlins? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Which is weird, because then a year later, I or two years later, I played her part in Fast Times. Right. It got down to me and um, one or two other girls for Goonies. Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day, that causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who's a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and better help really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvet rope. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Velvet Rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. It got down to me and one other girl for space camp. We each auditioned five times, five times with the same guy wearing the same clothes um, in the same um, outfits at the same office. So they couldn't are... decide. They ended up flipping a coin. Are you serious? I found out a year later. Is that easier or harder? Is it like, okay, it wasn't me. It was the coin toss or is that actually harder? Of like, what? It cracked me up and it, it, it really it showed me that I really need to not take anything ever personally. 
ever. Yeah. And I said, why did you, I met the producer at a dinner party a year later. And I said, could I just, cause we're all social now and friendly and it's, you know, a party. I said, could I just ask you a question? Why did you have me come back five times for the same part in the same outfit, reading the same scene for the same people with the same actor? And he said, we could not decide. So we just kept calling you both back in. And I was like, well, how did you finally decide? Because I wanted to learn. And he yeah. said, you don't want to know. I said, I actually do. It doesn't matter. You can't hurt my feelings. Just tell me the truth. And he said, we flipped a coin. Wow. That's a good attitude to have. I'm the same way. Like, you really can't hurt my feelings. Like, I don't get upset. Like, with business, if you come after me, like, you know, I'll protect what I do. But, like, yeah, you can't really, it's not, I think that's a good way to be. Like, there's nothing. I became that. I became yeah. that. It took time. It's, it's hard. I would, yeah, I took things very hard uh, early on. And I would take it very personally and get really depressed and sad. And then something else would pop up and I'd get it. And I think, why did you waste the last three weeks being so hard on yourself? But that's just the, it took, it took years for me to get over that. My pastor said, he's in heaven now, but he used to say, if you could learn to be unoffendable in life, it'll make your life a lot easier to live. I say this all the time. It's true. Listen, I, I don't have everything all figured out over here, but it is true because it's all in your head. And like, I, I truly believe whatever doesn't work out for you, there, it was A, it was meant to be, and B, you don't know, there could be nothing around the corner, but there could be something twice as big that you never yeah. would have got. I really believe that. Like, just I do that's too. my, like, it yep. just was. So when you- They say, I'm sorry, I just want yeah, to Yeah, no, go on, that. go on. They say God says yes, Maybe, yes, no, or wait, I have something better. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't know where, I've, I'm not even that religious. Like, I don't know where I got all this positive, you know, it just, I really believe that. I'm like, you don't have control over things. No, we don't. I'm not religious either, because I think religion is really man-made. I'm relational. Like, I, I have a relationship with God as a right. natural relationship. But I, um, but religion, like, even my church um, preaches against religiosity and it's, that's legalism. And, um, it's not what God's about. It's like a modern church. Um, we're Bible based Christian, you know, um, planting, um, disciples and, and we, um, purpose to, to know and care about one another and elevate God's agenda above our own. So it's not like a modern new agey church. It's just God, I mean, God was before church. We made churches. Yeah. So it's, and, and right now there is no church really. Um, it's, we are the church. Seriously. So with back to the future, did you know, like when you auditioned, like, was there that buzz? I mean, it was a Spielberg movie. So I imagine there was like, oh, this could be a huge thing. Or was it like, yeah, we'll see. Or was it I was thrilled to be doing this. Yeah, no, I was super excited to get, that was my first movie that I got. And I had just not gotten four Spielberg movies. So to get it was like, oh, finally I got one. Yes, finally. And when you auditioned originally, it was Eric Stoltz. Was he already attached as Marty McFly at that point? No, no, because Nobody the guy was. I read with, it was his 11th callback. They had not cast Marty yet. 
And actually the guy ended up being the drummer in the band scene in the 1985 band scene. Um, Eric then got the part when for I For what the bands? Part. For any band that we would know? For the Pinheads. Oh, okay. He was the drummer in the Pinheads when Michael's up there and uh, he's auditioning and then, no, you're just too darn loud. Oh, that's wow. Scene. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, that's the guy. So, no, I got the part when Eric Stoltz got the part. And they must have wanted, like, a well-known name. Like, maybe that's why the guy didn't get it. Because, like, Eric was in Mask and, like, some kind of wonderful... Yeah. Oh, I, I screen tested for some kind of wonderful too. <laughs> so you were like, so you're, so you were always up against like Mary Stuart Masterson. Like I was Elizabeth again, Shue. on that one, it was, I was up for the part Leah guy. I love it. Oh, I love Mary Stuart Masterson. What's right? going on with her? She was one of my favorite, favorite actresses. That's a good question. I don't know. That's well, a good question. You need to find out, go behind the velvet. I need to find out. Listen, I'd like to find out about lots of people that this is this is my problem this is why i get up at 4 a.m because there's not enough hours in the day because like my mind has a thought and i'm like now i want to talk to that person that it's like i'm like you could just and you have a career so you can just do that that's awesome well done i've had like i like i said i practice corporate tax law i've had like a lot of different careers but this is my true calling if you will yeah no i get it i get it that's what my store is like and that's what acting is like when you're really doing your passion it's comfortable, it's easy, it's fun. You can't wait to go back and do more. And then you're like, oh wait, this is a business too. And well, that's not a bad thing either. Oh, that's so funny. You know, with acting, when I got my first part, I was astounded that I was getting paid. I thought you have to pay to be an actor. I wow. thought it was, we pay. When you get a part, then you have the opportunity to pay them so you could do the part. I was totally shocked. <laughs> Right. You're like, I get a check from doing this. I get paid and I get checked. So when Eric, so Eric Stoltz was supposed to be in it. So you must've been excited for that too, just because he was a well-known actor. And like, Well, I knew was, him. Oh, wow. Eric and I took acting class with Stella Adler when mm-hmm. it was one of Stella Adler's last uh, series of acting classes. And he had just moved to LA from Santa Barbara to be an actor. He had long stringy red hair and I knew him from class. So he became famous after that. I was excited and he called me Jennifer and we did like boyfriend, girlfriend photo session at Universal to have the picture in, in Marty's wallet. And Universal set up for us to get together at an event and just hang out and talk. Wow. And then you couldn't do it, right? Because you had a pilot that was picked up at ABC. So this whole thing went away for you. Right. I had already done a pilot with Ed Asner and Eileen Brennan and Dennis Haysbert was one of his, you know, first gigs, I think. He was 28. Um, And it got picked up to be a series. And it was to be a series at the same time as my dates to film Jennifer. And it was a three camera live show. And uh, they would not share me with, Amblin and even Ed Asner was like let the kid do a movie what's going on here nope 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 we're her first you know priority and her first contractual obligation so my mom came into the living room I was sitting there once and she said so you've just been released from back to the future and I was like okay really you didn't even you didn't get upset about that I felt um it was a weird when I look back on it I had a sense of real peace about it, but I didn't 
have any sadness or disappointment. I just had a feeling somehow, some way, everything's going to work out. I don't know how I felt that or knew that at the time, but I had a real sense of, of grace and peace about it. And when it all ended up working out, I somehow wasn't surprised because I kind of felt like that's what was going to happen anyway. I had no idea how or why or what. I just somehow, I don't know. I can't describe, I can't explain it. You would have thought, I mean, what do I know? But you would have thought the network would have been like, you know, if she goes on and does a Spielberg movie and it's a huge blockbuster and now she's in our TV show for seven years. You think? That's not but a bad thing. Be nearly as fun a story, would it? Right. So that's good that you weren't upset. You know, I just told you I don't get upset about things, but you know, I think something like that I might be upset about. No, I used to get really upset about parts I wouldn't get. So the fact that I was not upset about that is weird and yeah. odd and unusual. And somehow, some way, I felt a peace about it. And it ended up all working out. And when it did, I was like, Yay, this is so cool. I get to do both. And again, I didn't suffer through disappointment because I felt like something was going to end up working out somehow. So like the pilot wasn't picked up, so that went away. No, the pilot, yeah. I mean, it went to, no, it, it was picked up. Oh. We did our six episodes. But because they let Eric go after eight or nine weeks of shooting and they hired Michael, Michael is 5'4". And the girl that they hired to replace my part when I couldn't do it is 5'7". And so because I'm 5'3 and a half, that's why I got my part back. Because wow. I'm short. Wow. And I was available. And the network... That's how weird it is. Oh, I see. Because you did the six episodes and then that was, was great. And it was, wow. the timing, I was then available and short. Wow. And right. they, listen, I mean, I, I'm like 5'8", so I mean, that's short for a guy. Uh, I, I'm, yeah. It's all about being short, let me tell you. Well, honestly, I I, personally, I would rather be short than tall. That's just me. It's just me. Yeah. I, love, I love my height. I can wear really high heels and still be a good height. Um, I like it. I get to use the word petite. <laughs> yeah, and you could like just sneak, you know, like you could, it's just easier to accommodate like trains, you planes, automobiles. You can squish under things, yeah. in between things. My, um, my friend calls me tiny, but mighty. I love, well, I, I'm going to steal that. I know. I love it. So why, because I don't even think I know the story. So like why, what happened with Eric Stoltz? Like he just wasn't testing or like they just, it wasn't um, right? I, no, I don't think they had been testing yet. Um, he's a very serious method uh, strong actor, genius, brilliant. And I think they were looking for something more lighthearted from what I hear. I was not a part of it. I was not there. Um, that's what it seemed. They wanted someone more like lightweight comedic. And, they and found... Michael apparently was also had been their first choice originally. Interesting. Cause right. Cause yeah. family ties was in full function at that right? point. Yeah. So. And, and I, I mean, I didn't know ever it would come out that Eric was ever Marty. There was, it was 25 years before it was ever mentioned. None of us said anything. I would have lived till my dying breath, never having said anything, but then it became public knowledge. Um, I think in the 25th anniversary year of back to the future. Too bad you couldn't break that here on the behind the velvet row podcast. I know, right? We've had some viral headlines. That would have been one of them. I no one ever has known I was a soda jerkette, ever. 
I've never said that in any interview or podcast or newspaper, nothing ever. Okay, let me try to run with that. Let me try to run with that one. What about, so I, I didn't realize it didn't come out. I didn't realize that, that nobody knew that until all those years later. Wow. Nope. Nope. Interesting. Yeah. So then when you were available, I mean, were you thrilled when you then got the call to go back? Ecstatic. Were you like, this is all working out? Yeah, I was absolutely ecstatic. And then, I mean, nothing against Eric Stoltz because Mask was a brilliant movie. I mean, bow down to share. Like, let me just, you talk about, I've, right? I've, I've met Cher four times in Vegas. I've gone to see her and done the whole, me- that's someone where it's like, I mean, the third time I met her, I literally broke down. And she's like, you've met me twice already and you were fine. And I'm like, I, I know, I just, I mean, Cher is Cher. So I would actually, I would, I would be ecstatic to meet Cher. Cher and is I've heard everything. only the best things about her. People are like, what is, she? I mean, she's just what you think. Like she's Cher. There's no, I don't know how else to say it. Like there's no put on, it's not an act. It's like, she's just Cher. That's what I've heard. And of course I've watched all her episodes on David Letterman during COVID. I was like Google, I was watching all the funniest David Letterman shows. I saw every single one of hers. The ones with her are good and the ones with Sandra Bernhardt and Drew Barrymore. Those are, those are my favorites. I, yes, definitely. I agree with you. The Drew Barrymore ones are great. That was crazy. So when you went back and it all worked out and you were 5'3", and I mean, were you ecstatic? Again, no offense to Eric. Were you like, holy shit, it's Michael J. Fox? Because he was a big deal at that point. I was very excited. I didn't swear, but I, so I didn't say Sorry. that. But, no, I, have I a, stupid. Can I tell you, I have a filthy mouth and somebody DMs me to say they love my podcast, but can I please not use certain words? And I'm like, I'm not really, but okay. But go on. Sometimes it's just habit for me. I'll save them up until I really need a swear word. And I'm just, I'll- I'm a horrible person. This is what happens when you're from the East Coast and you live in New York and you're drinking your coffee at 4 a.m. So <laughs> excuse me for using words. But no, go- I was just saying, I didn't say that, but I was super, super, super excited, thrilled. Wow, I got a movie. I'm doing it. It's Spielberg. Could I couldn't have been happier. Yeah, it's a big deal. Absolutely. So like, what was it like? Like, what was it like on set, you know? And were you like, you know, cause you want to work, but were you also like, holy, whatever this is. Holy moly. Right. Holy, holy moly. Like this is going to make me, or it wasn't, I mean, like. I was every, terrified. Were you? Cause like everyone, terrified. I mean, you want to work, but it, part of you must've been like, I, this is going to blow me up and this is going to be it. Like I, I've arrived or no, no you never went through uh-huh. that. No, none of that. I was more, I'm so weird. Everything you're saying, I'm like, yeah, no. Um, And like, no, there's no shade in that. Like, I I would be like that. I'd be like, watch out. Like, I have a career now forever. Like, this is going to change everything. No, uh, that's not at all. I was more scared that my thighs were going to be 10 feet tall. And what if I'm horrible? It's going to be on eight times a day in every movie theater in the country or in the world. I'll embarrass myself. I was used to television and, and at the time it was like, I was so hard. I was so judgy with myself and, and hard on myself that if I was, uh, if I saw myself in a series, I would find the things I, I thought I could have done better, but then again, okay, well it's an hour. It's off the air. Okay. That's over. Let's move on to the next. You can do better next time. 
And, I, and even though when I can look back on it, it was, it was quite good and acting is my thing. So with the movie, my brain was telling me, first of all, my thighs are gonna be 10 feet tall, maybe 20. Then I was thinking, everyone's gonna be able to see it at noon, two, four, six, eight, ten, 10, midnight. What if I'm not good? It's a very self-centered, selfish way of looking at it. But that's what I was concerned. I said to my mother before it came out, I go, mom, we have to move to Africa. Really? Why? I said, the movie's coming out. And so we have to just move. It is, you could say it's a selfish way, but you could say it's a very selfless way. Like you could be like, I don't want to be the one that ruins this movie for Spielberg and Michael J. Fox, Alex Keaton over here, you know? I know, right? So, and then it came out and everyone was wonderful. And I went right into doing a series, the series Fast Time. So I wasn't really aware of the fame aspect of it. What was it like on set? Like anything on set, like, you know, Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson and Michael J. Fox. Like, did you learn? Like, was it a fun, like, was Michael J. Fox great to work with? Did you learn? Like, was this the, oh my God, regardless of whether this movie does well, I just learned so much about acting and the business. Was it like that type of experience? Um, I, I, I really looked to learn something on every set I was ever on. And I did. And uh, this one, I was astounded at, I was used to doing 10 pages in a day, you know, unless it was a three camera show, then you do the whole show on Friday nights. But in, in terms of television, I was used to doing a lot and always being kind of busy, even though it's hurry up and wait, usually on set. But on a movie, it's half a page in a whole day. And I was like astounded. And I, I, I felt like I should be doing something to be more productive somehow. What am I supposed to be doing? Um, so it was odd and I didn't meet Leah actually until, um, the premiere because we were never in any scenes together and we're still friends now. We live nearby and she's, um, she's a great girl. Um, Chris and I have become better friends over the years from doing shows together and appearances. He was very shy and very quiet on set and Michael was very kind and open, very funny, incredible actor, light, humorous, easygoing. Wow. Yeah, it was a great set. And then when it came out, you went right to Fast Times, but did you revel in any of it? Like when it just became like this movie that was larger than life? No, but you know, the only way I did was... I, 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 was, I had high school friends. I had just graduated high school right before I did the movie and, or the year before I did the movie. So I would call theaters when I wanted to go to movies and I would say, uh, this is Claudia Wells. I'm, I'm Jennifer Parker in Back to the Future. And uh, my girlfriends and I would like to go to the movie at your cinema, but we need to come in through the back door, please. Oh, of course. So I got us in the movies for free and we didn't have to stand in line. That was like my thing. That's how I understood fame. I love it. it. And, I, and I love also how like a movie theater just assumes, okay, sure, that it's really you. And like, you know, right. that's, well, that's not a bad perk of all of it, right? No, not at all. Michelle? Is that Michelle? Hi. Hi. I'm doing a podcast. Remember I told you my friend helps me organize? Oh, yeah. Well, she here just she walked is. in. So Michelle Solutions 
if anyone in um, California wants to. Michelle Solutions. What's it called? MichelleMarieSolutions.com. And she just organizes everything. She's the best. There is no better. Do you love living in LA? I mean, you've yeah. lived there forever. I mean, I, I love I would... living anywhere. Like if I'm, when I'm traveling, the hotel I'm at, I call it home. Yeah. Like I organize. Same here. And I unpack like I live there. Same here. And I hide my suitcases so I don't like envision leaving. Um, so I love traveling anywhere I am. That's where Me I am. Too. And that's my home. So it's not, uh, I love LA because of my people and because of my store. But I would be just as happy living in a tiny little town in the south of France or Italy in one of those little cobblestone villages. I have no idea where I'll end up living. I really don't. Really? Mm. Yeah, I used to, before COVID travel, I've been to like 55 countries, all seven continents. Like I was a really? traveler. Yeah. And I Were mean, you doing a show traveling? No, I just started traveling. And then, you know, it's like addictive. You're like, well, okay, now I, and I don't really like going back to the same place more than once just because like- Same, same. It's endless amounts. So you're just like, oh, I want to go here now. And Wow. Yeah. You know what's so funny? Um, Why? My, one of my best friends and I used to always wish that we had just enough money in our pockets to drive to the airport, look at the signs, decide where to go, show up, buy our clothes that we needed once we were there, bring nothing, and just yes. do that. That was like our fantasy. I think when COVID's over, that's what people are going to do. I think people are going to spend money on travel and just as opposed to like clothes and other, this is just what I think. I think it's going to be all on, people are just not going to want to stay put. Want to hear something great? Yeah. Tell me. Next in April, I'll be going to the Czech Republic to film a movie. It's, uh, they, uh, she, she has permission from the government of the Czech Republic for us to go in, not do the quarantine, but we're there just to film. And then I just got booked for Scotland in, for a Scotland Comic-Con, October 7th to the 9th. I'll be in Pensacola for Pensacon, May 21st to the 23rd of this year. And San Diego, I'm a guest at a think tank in September. Um, yeah, so I'm starting to get the bookings again for travel. That's because, like, listen, cause, so I know I've done all those Comic-Cons. Like, I you know... I, I go for different reasons. Like I'm not really into all like the superhero stuff, but like, right. Like there's actresses and actors that you're like, I want to meet this person. Right. And so, right. A lot right. of them have been right. Like have been off, but that's cause like a lot of them here and I tra I've traveled all over the world for them too. Like a lot of the ones in the New York area are still not happening. Like they're still not scheduled. Oh, well, no, there's really still nothing going on here either. Yeah. These are just, um, this movie was supposed to be filmed in the Czech Republic a year ago, April. So wow. she's been still, you know, doing um, pre-production and preparing and finally has permission from the government. And I'm very seriously now considering um, doing the vaccine. I was totally against it, but now I'm considering doing it um, just because I have so much travel coming up. Is the movie going to be out like here in the U.S.? Probably, yeah. Hopefully it's an independent. But oh, and, and Chris Atkins just came on board yesterday from Blue Lagoon. Oh, and I was just going to say, from Blue Lagoon. And Donnie Most is going to be King Godric. It's a fairy tale. I'm the queen oh, wow. of the other village. Donnie's the king of a different, 
a different village. He's the good king. My king is um, the bad king. It's really a, such a sweet movie. So that's a fun movie to shoot, right? Oh, great. Right? Costumes, castles. We love Christopher Atkins. We love Blue Lagoon. I know. We love Brooke Shields. Yes. So, right. So when the movie came out, that was your, you snuck into movie theaters and you got, you got in for free. And then I know that your mom got sick and you yes. left the business, which yes. I mean, I've had lots of cancer in my family, so I understand it. Yeah. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, nothing really matters, right? Except our health. I mean, that's, maybe that's and why. Yeah, and our Sound sanity. Sound mind and healthy body. Um, um, I mean, my dad is, he's healing from lung cancer and he has a sound mind and he's as healthy looking as he's ever been and still walked two miles a day up until wow. a few months ago when he had to quarantine because they moved. Um, so yeah, a lot of times health is also a matter of, of uh, attitude. Yeah. And I mean, I think like you said, like mine, like that was the thing about COVID in the beginning, you know, you're like, other than people that are truly homeless, like we all have a home. Like, so it's really your mind, like your mind is what's, and I get it. You're like, whether your house is 30,000 square feet or two, you know, 30 square feet, you have a roof over your head for the most part. So it's really just your mind that's either going to let you go down this dark hole or is going to keep you regimented. Totally true. Completely, 100%. And I went through both. And I came out of it. Um, that's it was, good. A, it was a very hard transition for me not to be a worker. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've worked since I was seven. So not to be allowed to run my store or open my store for six months was very hard for me to take psychologically. And then I got through it. And now, honestly, I'm loving the less stressful easier slower lifestyle i work three days a week kind of and um i get to organize with with michelle and you know i'm about to start working out it's just fun i get to cook and and busyness isn't like a, a high five to you you're so busy anymore there are positive i mean like i'm lucky that i was able to work and do this from home but i was one of those social butterflies who was out seven nights a week and same thing i was just like i am in culture shock here like Absolutely. I don't know what to do. But yeah, I mean, then you get used to when you're like, this isn't so bad. This is kind of in a way. Yeah. I have days where I'm like, I could not leave the house for five like weeks and I'm, I'm okay. And I've never been that person, but now I am. I look forward to it. It's cozy. I know. Me too. Me too. Like you would think like I went to New Jersey like a week ago. I had plans for like dinner and like the whole way out there. I was just like, I'm tired. Like you would think, I was like, this is what happens. And then the same thing, I couldn't wait to get back home. I'm like, okay, something is wrong with me here. It was funny. I had a great time, but did you have any regrets like after you left, like acting, like to help take care of your mom? Like as, you know, like the two Back to the Future sequels and Um, talk about Elizabeth Shue. She's the one that. And isn't that funny that she did Adventures in Babysitting, which I almost got. Yes. And then there was one other synchronicity with her. I don't remember what it was, but um, that's a good question. I do a, a, I I do a thing where I live without regret purposefully. And I really believe that all things work together for good. And I also think that I would never have known how strong I am or independent or capable I am had I 
not lived the life I have lived. I mean, I have a business for 29 years. I never would have even thought to do that. And I also, when I left acting, I made a conscious decision that I would come back at another point in a different way, like without a, a, a stage mom and without, you know, the way I was in it, you know, being the good little girl told what to do and who to be all the time and always looking pretty and the, the pressures. I decided I'm going to come back on my own terms at one point because I still love acting and it's still my passion. And then only because God is so good was I able to somehow get into another business that is also my passion and I love it. It's I, my customers are confounded at how much I love what I'm doing when I take care of them. They see the joy and the passion and the caring. And it's just, I mean, 29 years I've, I've had the same store in the same location and I love it every much, every bit as much now as I did the very first day I opened. Wow. And you never would have started this. I never would have known. I never would have known I have a business sense and come to find out merchants are my heritage besides the scientists and all of that stuff. It's merchants. My great, great grandfather actually came from Bohemia which became the Czech Republic and, and he had the um, donkeys and, and stuff with all the, the, the pack mules with stuff selling hard boiled eggs to the gold rush miners. Wow. Well, right. Like you said, you never would have known that. Never would have known. I, I think I, I would have known. And, and um, so this, the, the, the bone and character and strength of who I am I don't know if I would have experienced that and maybe I would have been an actor and then gone crazy because I wouldn't have actually found the trueness of who I am. And now I get to do all of it. That's true. Yeah. And I only ask, cause like, you know, listen, it just, this is like a much larger discussion we don't need to have now, but like, you know, just, it says something about our society that they would say like, Oh, like you missed out. And like these two movies became big and look at the career Elizabeth Shue had. And you know what I mean? Like that's just how, people think that's the normal mindset yeah but you know it's so much fun i get to do all these comic cons all over the world and on my media sites everyone is so nice to me and there's something kind of it's i don't know maybe it's more because i only did one of them and not all three and so it's like what happened to claudia wells where'd she go it's a, it's a, it's a little, cause like, again, like I go to all those comic cons, like they have like the fake Jan who was in the Brady Bunch after Eve Plum left. And, you know, are you shocked that like, cause these, you know, comic cons, listen, the names range from, you know, there's always some huge lead name. Like, are you shocked that here you are one movie all these years later and it literally, you know, these comic cons, there's, you, it's work. I mean, you enjoy it and it's great to meet the fans, but you make money like, are you shocked that just from one movie? Blows like, my mind. I had to interrupt your question. I'm, I'm, I'm right? floored. Every day I'm floored. I mean, I've got fans who fly in from all over the world pre-COVID to come to my store and meet me. Or I, I, I've been, I had a, I had a travel Comic-Con show or appearance booked for every month that were canceled because of COVID. And uh, the fan base are so kind and generous and wonderful. And I'm like, it blows my mind. I'm, I'm so grateful. And I love it. It's amazing. And it does become addictive. Like if people have met like Michael J. Fox and this and that, it's just like, 
Jennifer from Back to the Future. That's who we still need. We need the signature right here. Like it's it's a rabid fan base. I love that. Yeah, I finished the set. I had a guy fly in from, I was in um, New Jersey at a show. A guy flew in from Miami for wow. just that one day. I signed his poster and he goes, I'm complete now because uh, he was missing my signature. And I, and I said, what are you going to do now? He goes, I'm going to fly back home. I was like, whoa. So yeah. no, I love that. I love that. It's, it's, it's super. And I've been doing like virtual signings during COVID and I'm doing three this week. So yeah. Wow. Tell me about your store. Like when did you, that was when you were taking care of your mom? Like, is that when you no. started it? Oh, it was- no, though. My mom did die um, three years after I opened my store. Um, oh, actually that's not true. I was taking care of my mom because I would leave work every day for months and drive to uh, Norris Cancer, the Norris Cancer Hospital and hang out with her for like three or four hours in her hospital room. And we'd play gin rummy or I'd take a nap and she'd read the newspaper. She was smoking in her hospital room and the window would be open. Those are the old days. She talked the, the, what are they called? The guys who wear the white, what is that word? They're, they're not the nurses, but they like were white. physician assistants? Not, I mean, I'm just making that No, up. there was something like the orderlies. Okay, yeah. She would talk them into buying her cigarettes, because I certainly wasn't going to bring her cigarettes. And, and then she just opened the window and smoked in the cancer unit in her corner room. And we wow. just laugh and, and play gin rummy and um, argue. And, and uh, oh, and I was pregnant. Oh, wow. She watched my pregnancy. She died when I was seven and a half months pregnant. So she would ask me things like, Ask me anything you want to know about being a mom. And you have to ask me because I'm not going to be around very long. And I was like, oh my God, the pressure. I know, you're and like, just, okay, wait. And then I was like, mom, it's only 12 more weeks. And don't pressure me. I don't know if I'm going to live that long. I mean, we had some deep, those are literal conversations. But um, yeah, I opened my store in 1991 because I wanted to go back to acting. And I thought I should have a financial basis so I can go back to acting and not be like one of those starving actors or desperate or too hungry for a part. I just wanted to, you know, turn down rules if they weren't right and do it how I used to. And then my store became such a hit and so much fun. I never got around to go back to acting. And what is your store all about? Like, is it vintage? Hi, no, it's the only vintage I carry is Johnny Versace, iconic amazing perfect condition that vintage otherwise it's current style perfect condition only high-end designers like armani versace canali zania prada gucci uh, dolce gabbana keton brunello cuccinelli laura piana um and and you know vince all these different designers i sell everything from jeans to tuxedos head to toe including accessories for about 10 or 20 percent of retail value a lot of it still has price tags on it. I buy from billionaires and shopaholics. So everything in my store is brand new condition. It's all sanitized and dry cleaned and, and beautiful. It's like a beautiful, it's like walking into an Italian boutique of the most high-end beautiful pieces, yet the prices are like nothing compared to retail. And then I'm there to style you and take care of you and lift you up and give you the confidence that you need and show you how powerful men are meant to be by wearing the clothes. It's just a really fun time. 
are you like a total fashionista? Like, were you always into fashion before this? I've always been into fashion in terms of just dressing according to my mood. And I've always been a chameleon. After I stopped acting, I was able to change my look. So I've been blonde and brunette and redhead and long hair, short, short hair. So I've always been sort of, um, I still am. Like I dress according to my mood. I might wear a cocktail dress to work one day and wear ripped jeans and a funky flowery top the next day. Cause I can. Are you shocked? Like you said earlier that like you have this business sense. Cause you know, like a lot of creative types do not. It's just blown not away. Their, because in, not in my days, you know, it was, it was my agent and my mother dealing with negotiations and money. And I barely knew how much I made really. And, yeah. um, and didn't care. And I know there's certain parts, they would turn them down if the money wasn't right. And then they'd come back with more money and more money. And, um, but that part of it, I didn't even pay attention to. I was about the acting and the job. So when I started first negotiating and I'm negotiating with these guys who run studios, who used to be in charge of hiring me. And I didn't tell anyone I was an actor for the first 15 years I had my store. And until Back to the Future fame became so big again and that fans were coming in and now I've got like a shelf dedicated to Back to the Future over my suits. And, you know, I have my head, my Back to the Future photos and the clock tower flyer people can buy my autograph pictures and all that at the store. Um, but like um, some people come in and they're like, you must really love Back to the Future. Why do you have all this Back to the Future stuff? Because they know me as their stylist. And right. I'm like, oh, because I was in it. You were in it. Well, I'm Jennifer. You're Jennifer. And then they'd look at me and look at the picture and go, of course you are. <laughs> That's funny. And then you have the opposite too, where people will come in. Like you can tell someone walked in, you're like, this person doesn't want clothes, but they're a huge fan. And like, I can, abs- I can tell before they walk in right. by how they look when they're preparing to walk in. And right. they're always charming and darling and kind and from all over the world i mean all over the world different countries and and the joy that they have from our experience together means so much to me that's my favorite thing about being in the movie is the joy that people have yeah in our exchange and that i have the ability to bring joy like that to someone there's four different times people have tattooed my autograph on their body wow all over the world I mean, it's like, are you sure you want me to do this? You sure? You're like, yep. Right. And when someone gets on a plane from Miami and just wants one signature and then to say hi and goes right back home. Yeah, it's something. I mean, I've, I've, yeah. What, what do you like best about acting and what do you like least? What I like best about acting is I get to become a different person that maybe I'm not allowed to be in life. Like when I was little, I had to be very, very polite. And I mean, I know how you put your hands when you sit and you cross your ankles. It was that kind. We had to wear white tights and gloves to go downtown growing up in San Francisco and patent leather shoes. But I couldn't wear the white patent leather shoes. Those were for the racy girls. I had to wear black patent leather shoes. Like that's how I was raised by my dad's not like that, but my mom. And so when I was acting, I could be a drug addict or a a wild girl or uh, um, I used to say, you know, acting is the greatest career in the world because I don't have to go to college to be a doctor, but I can still be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a movie star, be a a princess, be a, a street girl, everything. So I love, and I like knowing the end to a story. 
in life. Like I would like to read the script of life and be able to say what my lines would be and know the end. But in acting, I do. And I get to do that. Yeah. And I like, um, I hide inside characters. I morph into characters. I become whoever the character is. And that's like my freedom. What I don't like about acting is not acting. <laughs> well, that's good that you have this project coming up then. I know. What about, do you keep in touch with like Michael J. Fox or Patrick Dempsey or Courtney Thorne Smith, even though that was I just for no, a minute? I, I, not Patrick, not Courtney, though um, I'm so impressed by them and yay them. Um, Michael, I've seen a couple of times at shows or I went, I brought my son to San Francisco when he was speaking about his first book because I thought it was nice for my son to get to meet him. And that was a lovely exchange we had. Uh, Leah, I see uh, around the neighborhood and at shows and, you know, she's, she's a text friend. Yeah. Um, Donald full of love. I met for the first time. He's uh, mayor Goldie Wilson. Okay. We met at the 25th anniversary party for the first time in life. Wow. And then he became my customer and great friend. So now he dresses in Armani and all the best. He's gone from Ross dress for less to Armani. I love so, that. Oh, and James Tolkien and I are great buddies. We talk every couple of months and check in with each other. Really? I'm like his, yeah, I call him, I'm his wingman because I helped introduce him to autograph shows. Yes, he's probably very happy with you. I love what him. was it like, you know, cause it's so long ago, but like when Michael like was first diagnosed and it was like, you know, that, that was a big thing at the time in Hollywood. I mean, how yeah. was that? Were you just like devastated? Was it shocking? You know, like, listen, Hollywood's come a long way in a lot of ways, you know, like at that time, I'm still it was kind like, of shocked. Like it just astounds me. Um, and then I really look at it from a different angle where if he hadn't gotten it, all of this money that's gone into research wouldn't have happened. And all of these people with the disease wouldn't have such hope or whatever, you know, barriers they've already crossed. It's given so many people a life of helping. I mean, Terry and Oliver Holler have taken their time machine DeLorean all over the world and in every state in America, including Hawaii, only to make money for Teen Fox. That's been their life. So, I mean, his having the disease has given so many people a cause and also given, you know, the, the great possibility of a, a, a cure. So in that sense, it's extraordinary. I mean, how he's taken it, what he's done with it in terms of his positivity and becoming an author and, and uh, creating this whole entire new existence. It's, it's miraculous. And it's really something to, um, be inspired by and look up to and, and look into your own life at what issues and problems we each have and how can we turn them around to be something that's worthwhile. Yeah. Cause like he, to your point, he didn't shy away from it. Like he still acts. And so, and he's so good. I saw him in the good wife and I mean, he had his own show for a while and he's spin, still this genius. A little spin city year. with Heather Locklear. I mean, right. Not to make another Melrose Place reference, but... I know, but really? Really? Heather's that... Oh, my God. She starred in two different series at the same time when she began acting. When she first started Yeah, T.J. Hooker and Dynasty, right? Yep. Yep. She's... I was supposed to be in the Colby's as um, 
uh, what was his, the famous actor, you got to know it. John Forsythe? No, no, I love John Forsythe. No, in the Colbys, it was uh, Mose, Moses. Wasn't he Moses? Billy Moses? No, no, no. Oh. Charleston Heston. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, thank you. I was going to be his, my, my lifeline. <laughs> well, she knows. I, I was going to be his daughter in, in the Colby's and my agent wouldn't let me do it because I got a pilot at the same time. And at that time, um, she, the, I, I realize now that Colby's, my other agent would have gotten the money, but the new agent got for the pilot. So she had talked to me out of it. Well, like, Speaking of the Colby's, like we had Dynasty 2.0, which was, it's on the CW. We had Dallas 2.0. I mean, these things didn't last. We had Melrose 2.0. If they were going to remake Back to the Future with a whole new cast, same, same story. Who would you like to play Jennifer if it cannot be you? I'm not real up on who the, um, like the new young up and comer type girls are. I really am not at all. I just don't know because I don't watch TV really. So I, I don't even know who's famous right now or who's acting right now. I love it. I was well, that was my next question. I was going to ask you if you were like our TV person or like any of I, that. I'm a, I, I, I was a COVID binge TV watcher for sure. Did you have any like favorites that you watched during COVID? Yes. And I can't think of a single one of them. I would watch like four. I would just like think, well, I, I might as well watch another episode. It's not like I have to wake up at a certain time. And I would watch TV till four or five in the morning. Just one more episode. Just, oh, one of them was the Archie um, comic book. What's that one? Uh, Riverdale. Riverdale. I was like, why aren't I in that? Everyone I know is in that. We had a little Molly Ringwald. Yes. Skeet Ulrich. Yes. That would be oh, good for you. It's been to my store before. I really? know. So is that, that's still on the air now too, isn't it? It is, but I think it's, see, I watched it in the beginning, but I have since departed it like somewhere. Me too. It just, it, it just got, got I, yeah. It, like it just, I didn't understand what was going on. And then I watched like loved it, but then I started getting all. Like, I'm like, I'm confused. And, and I also yeah. love Luke. I, I, I'm a 90210 person with Mellors. Oh, and like, so too. like after Luke Perry, I'm just like, now I don't know why I'm going to watch this anymore. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it seems like when shows get famous, then they all of a sudden seem to turn dark and go away from what they, the original nugget. Yeah. But that's, that's a good one to watch. Do you ever watch any reality TV ever? Yes. Really? Beverly Hills Housewives all the way. I went to Beverly Hills High. Did you? Yeah. In fact, I'm still, I'm, I'm on season 11, I think. Uh, when they have another episode up, you can bet I'll be watching it and I'll have to pay for it to watch it. I don't know it, what season 11. Who do you love from, who do you love from Beverly Hills? Like, who are your favorites? You know what? Vanderpump. I love really? her. Really? I don't care that everyone got so mad at her. I think she's fabulous. And I think she was ganged up on. I do. I think she was ganged up on. And um, I love Vanderpump. And um, who's the new? Oh, oh, I love the, what's her name? The blonde married to the lawyer. Erica Jane. Divorced. Erica Jane. Yeah. Love her. How come you say divorce with air quotes? Because the trash magazines say it's got something to do with finances and stuff like that. I don't think I cannot picture her being so in love with him for 25 years and him taking such good care of her 
and him being in love with her since she was a waitress and them all of a sudden getting a divorce. So in my heart, I hope it's, it's divorce. I agree with you. Not everyone agrees. I, I have my own version of it, which I've talked she about. She loved him. Well, I think that he, I think she came home. This is how I envision. I think she came home one night and he's sitting at the table and it's all dark and he's like, sit down. And she's like, you're scaring me. And he's like, sit down. And I mean, let's not forget. He's the, he's, yeah, he's a he's, lawyer. He's the Aaron Brockovich lawyer, but I know, right. I just think he's like, this is what we need to do. And Erica, you know, is very businesslike and she's just like, no matter what happens, you cannot give in. You cannot call me. We have to go through a bitter thing. And, and I really think they thought they would get ahead of it. Like, cause you think about it, like if you're having something crash in on you, you really, I, this is my philosophy. You don't react until it's too late. Normally, like, you know, it's coming, but I think but he's just, too smart for that. And I just think, I just think they could have got ahead of this if it was like I don't a know year what the earlier. issue was. I have no idea what the actual problem or issue. I don't even know that they had a, an acrimonious divorce. All I know is they- Well, it's, I think, just getting started. I don't think we're seeing the end of this anytime soon. I don't even it's, know why, though. I don't know what the issue or problem is. So much. I don't even know. It's like victims of a plane crash are saying that he- kept the money oh that's right Something but his partner's the like there's so many things but i still yeah, think but we don't know what the no. truth is yeah and we don't know i mean that man saved a city so that's who his character is i think i think i've said this before i think he will fall on the sword for her i mean and this is a tragic view but like at 81 i i mean i'm not saying that i'm just i truly think this is all staged and however it plays out he will that's love. I think he loves her and she's like just doing her part in it is like, this is what I need to do. That gives so. me chills. It's, I know that's how I love each other. And he's strict. I watched how he treated her. He's strict and she respected him. And that's that on that. Yeah. And you know what? He's the head of the household. And I love that. That's, that's a man's position to me. They, you guys are born with a birthright of dignity. Do you ever run into any of the Beverly Hills housewives? No. And um, I was so into, oh, actually I ran into, yeah, wait a minute. I ran into, um, what's the sisters, the blonde sister from- Kim um, Richards? The sister, the other one. Kathy Hilton? The other one. Kyle Richards with the dark the, hair? Oh no, Kim Richards. Kim, yeah. I saw her at a dinner party and I went, I was in the rest the powder room and the girlfriend of the little brother of the man I was dating was crying because she said Kim was hitting on her boyfriend and they ended up getting married. That's how long ago this was. This was what? like 30 years ago. Kim ended up marrying the guy? Marrying the girl's then long-term Boyf boyfriend who was the little brother of the man I was seeing. And so she that's was the crying. only time I met her. She and was she was like, Kim is hitting on this guy and she must have been because they got married. Wow. They ended up getting married. So, um, I mean, a very long time ago. This is very long. I was 20. Very. Yeah. But um, I so did funny. watch Beverly Hills Housewives. I mean, um, Beverly Hills 90210 avidly to compare because I went to Beverly Hills High. Was it accurate? No. And there's a, um, think so. there is a podcast now that Brian Pass from my physiology class and, oh, I can't think of her name. One of the girls from my grade, they're doing a, a podcast called 
what it's really like growing up in Beverly Hills. Oh, really? And they just interviewed my friend Eden Alpert, who owns Vibrato with her dad, Herb Alpert. And Eden was texting me, and I'm like, Brian, pass, Brian. He's my, he was in physiology class with me. So I might be doing their podcast. That's such a good idea for a podcast. And it's real. Huh. Oh my gosh. And I heard, I listened to one of them and it was a girl who graduated a few years before me. And the guy who is at, who was just uh, hired to be in charge of Homeland Security in Washington, D.C., was in her class in high school. And she's like, he's a good guy. He's really great. I mean, where are these people from? Johnny Silverman, um, John Turtletop, Nicholas Coppola Cage. Um, I mean, everyone went to my high school. Valerie Landsberg, Richard um, Dreyfus. Everyone went to my high school. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I forgot who, I had someone on here. I mean, multiple people, but there was one person in particular. Chris I forgot. Lover. We were in acting oh, class wow. together. I mean, in the drama department together. I'm sorry, interrupted. Go ahead. No, there was, there was others. I can't remember, but I've had others who have went to Beverly Hills High School and I, I forgot who it was. And they were like, yeah, that's actually a great idea for a podcast. It's a great idea. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Thank you for putting up with all my agenda. I always like to give people a chance at yeah, the Yeah, I just end. looked at the time because I'm like, Michelle wasn't coming over till 11. Wait, so, How is I, it 11 already? And it's, it's already past 11. I'm shocked. Sorry, Michelle. Sorry, Michelle. Um, so awesome. Okay, so yes. Tell me everything. Kids in the Spotlight is a charity that I'm a founding board member of and a current um, um, ambassador. It, we bring a... 12-week program to foster care facilities and teach the kids how to act, how to write a script, how to understand that they're powerful and they're meant for great things. And it's just an amazing thing. So I'd like everyone to check it out. I was in two of the films. Uh, then They write uh, short films and we screen them once a year at a big Oscar-type ceremony. And these kids are extraordinary. Mm-hmm. We bring in professional directors and craft services and it gives these guys and gals, uh, a, a new, a new focus in life and a reason for being. And it's, yeah, and, that's you know, crazy. they're in foster care for no reason on their own. It's their situation they were born into. Yeah. So, um, that's kit, kit, kits, Inc. Org, um, kits, Org. It's kids in the spotlight. So that's one. Another is uh, my store, Armani Wells in Studio City. So go to ArmaniWells.com and schedule an appointment for me to dress you. And, and if there's any Back to the Future fans that just want to stop by and say hi, they could do that too. I've got the pictures. I've got the clock tower flyers. I signed the back just like Jennifer did to Marty. It was my handwriting. We can do selfies. Come here, Oreo. But who I doesn't want Armani and Vince and all that at a discount? Right. Like, I mean, it's fabulous. Steve sign Allen. me up. I know oh, it's wow. stuff you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. Theory. It's fun stuff. I love theory. Um, and I know me too. Theory's I like, tons of theory. it's my style. It's like classic and it. elegant, but like just, you know. Your Vince, your theory. Yeah. Your Steve Allen. I told, I, I can look at you. I now. love Versace. It's just not really for me. It's not made for you. You know, mm-hmm. it's not made for me. Theory is like just I could dress everything. you in a heartbeat. Even I though I look like, like I just rolled out of bed today. From your shoulders up, I'll bet you're a size 38 regular. Yeah. Ha! Yeah. It's a thing. 
depending upon the brands, it could be 36. Like it could be 36, but 38 is pretty much it. Yeah. How good is that? That's you crazy, love what right? you do, yes. It's like an idiot savant quality I have of knowing someone's size. It's like um, sometimes I'm right between the 36 and the 38 regular, I have but like so 38. Much theory, size 36 regular and size 38 regular. I have suits. I have blazers still with the tags on them. I've got pants size 29. Amazing. You need to let me dress you through the mail. I'm serious. I will. I'll. You're good on Instagram, right? I'll send you a. Or do you get you? I don't even know how to do a message oh. on Instagram. Text I'll get me your. Or, yeah. Wait, um, I'll get I your. Getting how to how to check my messages. Do you want me to take? I'll get your. Uh, should I take your info now, or should I get it? Yeah, from other my... people can too. Okay, so you can email me at Claudia Wells, C L A U D I A W E L L S, at Armani Wells. A-R-M-A-N-I-W-E-L-L-S dot com. That's my email. That's my business email. That's easy. So email me, tell me your sizes, tell me what you want. I ship the clothes all over the world. The store, the chip, yes, and what else? And also ClaudiaWells.com is my fan website. So it has all my upcoming events. It's got fun videos. It's got, you can buy uh, personalized autographs. You shout out, selfies, whatever you want. I love um, it. It's fun. And um, I have a new one that's being done. It's going live, I think, today or tomorrow. Brand new. <clears throat> and Michelle has to do with that, too. So um, that. And then I'm on Cameo. So that's always fun. Cameos. Um, I say I- I'm on Cameo, too. And I would literally sit home and never leave my house if I was booked. I- it's the best thing. Oh, I mean. but you know, I do leave my house because I always do cameos with the DeLorean. Oh, well, so that's... it's super fun for fans. I think it's more fun for them. Yeah, Lisa, that's um, There's a few I've done without the DeLorean. Um, let's see. Oh, big important media sites at the Claudia Wells on Facebook, at the Claudia Wells on Instagram, and at the Claudia Wells on Twitter. And as we said, I don't even know how to check my messages. So that's not how to get in touch with me. You check your work email though. Yes. So I'll I'll leave that on here for everyone in case they need to get in touch with you. And I'll get in touch with you there too. Super. And if anyone wants to share church with me, it's New Dawn LA. They're on YouTube and also on Facebook. And it's super fun. I I watch it uh, live on Sundays with anyone who wants to join me. I love it. You're, this has been a pleasure. Thank you. I know we went over a little bit, but you know, just so much to talk about. So much to talk I about. Know. Everyone needs to follow you on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And yes. I will yes. email you. I really appreciate this. This was so much fun. I'm so oh. glad I had so much fun too. And I, I don't have any like corporate company running any of my media sites. It's always me when I post. It's just me. It's even better. It's me. Yeah. And my cats. <laughs> That's even better. Yes. And your cats can make an appearance on Instagram too. Oh, they do. I've, I've seen. Oh, and their sister has her own page. Their sister that has a, a new family as of um, her being a month old. Um, Rosie has her own. I think it's called Meow I'm Rosie. Her own Instagram oh, page. Of course she does. Because <laughs> that's the world we live in now, right? I know. All right. So keep in touch. I'll definitely send you an email. This was amazing. Yes. yes. You are so much fun. You are. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a good day. Have fun organizing. All right. Bye. God bless. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.